a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to this Thursday episode of Live Mike. Final half hour of the program, 2.37 is the time in the KSL newsroom. We just spent uh, about half hour hearing from the White House again. For the second time today, we spent about 23 minutes from uh, my calculations hearing from Dr. Anthony Fauci. He said a number of things about uh, how he predicts life will be for us for the foreseeable future. Uh, And some of it, honestly, very encouraging. And I was hoping that we'd be back, uh, you know, firmly planted in the realm of normalcy today. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the the virus had different plans. And so, uh, you know, you and I continue in this masked era, uh, wondering about when we'll get vaccines into our veins. And uh, anyway, Dr. Fauci, uh, for the first time, you know, at great length as a member of the Biden administration, uh, sharing details of uh, you know, how things are going to look. One thing that, that stuck out to me was the reference to the president's goal of vaccinating 100 million Americans within the first 100 days of his presidency. We're already down to 99 days left. Uh, but Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, said that he thinks that that 100 million goal is within our grasp, that in fact is something that can be accomplished. We'll have to ramp up our distribution in certain areas, including here in Utah. Texter earlier today helped with the math. And if we are going to do uh, our proportional duty in getting the nation to 100 million vaccines in the arms of Americans, we need to be churning out uh, about 10,000 vaccinations a day. Now, a lot comes into to uh, bring that about. There's obviously supply chain. There's also uh, the question of storage and uh, transportation. And then there is still the lingering question of the philosophies applied to distributing the vaccine. Do we remain wholeheartedly uh, behind the prioritization lists and categories and the calendar we have laid out now as we move through? Or do we, as uh, certain groups have suggested, uh, do anything we can to get the vaccine in as many arms as possible? and set aside uh, the idea of prioritizations. I don't know. We'll have to see. And uh, there has been an executive order now signed by President Biden instructing the the, the CDC to, or rather, I'm sorry, the Department of Education and Health and Human Services uh, in advising, say, schools on how to best move forward in creating safe, uh, safe environments for learning to happen in the face-to-face setting. Uh, anyway, what else did the, the Dr. Fauci say? Oh, <laughs> this 
the the usage of this term early in Dr. Fauci's address uh, caught my ear, and it's because uh, deep down I'm a 12-year-old child masquerading as a grown adult. <laughs> but when he refu- referred to uh, the like the UK variant and the other uh, variants of the coronavirus of COVID-19, when he referred to them as mutants, <laughs> I thought of I thought of first uh, I thought first of X-Men. Uh, I'm wondering, like, <laughs> which X-Men character represented which strain of the virus. Then I got distracted, uh, realized I was distracted, and came back to my job. Uh, and then there was some <laughs> there was some discussion behind the scenes here. Do you think we have time to, like, clip every use of the word mutant by Dr. Fauci and put that over, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song? <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't admit things like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I should put forth... The, the impression that I am 100% and seriously committed to everything being said at all times. Well, no, I'm human like you, and when I hear the word mutant, uh, I think of X-Men. Anyway, uh, mutant, that's the, the word. I, I would have I been less distracted by the word mutation or variant. He went with mutant. Uh, very good. Well, one, of the, one of the timeline questions that came up, uh, from a reporter during the press briefing that lasted, at least Dr. Fauci's portion, lasted for about 23 minutes. One of the questions asked of Dr. Fauci was, when do we get to return to normalcy or even some semblance of normalcy? That, of course, a question that he's been asked for, uh, you know, well over a year now and one that you know, I'd, I'd like the answer to. Uh, His response was this, if we are able to uh, stay the course on vaccinations, if we by the end of the summer, say, are able to uh, inoculate between 70 or 80 percent of Americans, that in the fall that we can, quote, be approaching a degree of normalcy. That language that he used, it it leaves a lot of room for, uh, you know, for adjusting and it leaves a lot of room uh, for, you know, that prediction of sorts not to come exactly true. Uh, to approach a degree of normalcy, to approach a degree of normalcy. That's not to say that we will return to normalcy by the fall. Uh, I, I hope I hope that his interpretation of the best-case scenario does lead us to normalcy by fall, and I hope uh, that that best-case scenario comes to fruition. I hope that, uh, you know, either via these executive orders or your and my commitment to, you know, as we were invited earlier, to mask up or do whatever it takes to get us there. I hope uh, that comes about. Uh, I got about a minute left before it's time to take a break. I want you to hear real quickly from uh, President Biden as he on this same topic uh, addressed the media today as he was signing a fresh stack of executive orders. Uh, I think that there were about 10 of them today. And if my count of 17 is correct yesterday, that means in his first two days, uh, his first two days, really first day and a half, uh, that President Biden has, has signed, uh, what is it, 27 executive orders. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to dig deep into whether or not executive orders are really a good thing or not. And if maybe Congress ought to look at this high number of executive orders and say, hey, uh, hold on one second. There's like a checks and balances thing we're supposed to be we're supposed to be observing around here. Right. Anyway, uh, that's a conversation for uh, tomorrow. But uh, today, just before signing the 10 executive orders aimed at at combating the coronavirus now in the era of the Biden administration, President Biden said this. Our plan starts with mounting an aggressive, safe, and effective vaccination campaign 
to meet our goal of administering 100 million shots in our first 100 days in office. We're on day one. We'll also task the Department of Health and Human Services to prepare and expand the pool of medical professionals who can administer the vaccine, who can administer the vaccine, and to ensure we have enough vaccinators, the people doing the vaccines, to meet the nation's needs and quickly. I don't have a clear view behind the scenes as to how the vaccines are being distributed. I know that it's different in different places, even here in the state of Utah. But I have wondered if uh, th- that pool of people there mentioned by the president, the vaccinators, I have I have wondered if there are limitations there. I have wondered if, uh, you know, either by state or federal or local statute, if there are certain prohibitions on certain people, if you need to have uh, a license uh, and to be able to do something like that, administer something like that. And I at the same time have wondered, are there are there large pools of people with the skill set uh, who simply due to licensure issues aren't able? I, I, I don't know. Uh, but growing the pool of vaccinators, as uh, President Biden stated here this morning, I, I get that. And uh, I think it's an important path which we should follow. I think we could uh, ramp things up pretty quickly if we were able to uh, tap into that larger pool. Okay, quick break. When we return, I want to share with you uh, some words that were spoken in Arlington National Cemetery just yesterday. No, not the ones you saw on TV during the laying of the wreath ceremony, but afterwards. Three living presidents got together, and they offered some advice to the country. They offered some advice to the new president, and they offered some advice to one another. I'll share those with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.